You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy, we can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Power Producer Shop Talk. And I got to tell you, this one is a long time coming, and it is going to be a solo episode. You know, I wanted to talk about something that I don't think gets enough attention out there. I think that people see that you can produce or that you have some level of success in your agency and that everything is perfect in your world. Well, you know what? I think we're setting newer producers up for absolute disaster if we have them setting their sights to emulate people who, quite honestly, are human just like everybody else. And so I wanted to take this episode to talk to you about my single biggest affliction, which is also my single biggest superpower. See, when I was a little kid, I used to get in trouble quite a bit. I got in trouble in school. I got in trouble in church. I got in trouble when I was at the house. And we didn't have the ability to go to a doctor and have them diagnose us for things that are quite frankly, probably neurological disorders. I'm not exactly sure how I would classify it. ADHD wasn't a thing back then. You know, we got spanked with whatever our parents could find. We got put out in the hallway or stuck in the corner at school. And we got kicked out of Sunday school or our Wednesday night classes at church because we were difficult. We were belligerent. We were spontaneous. We would blurt things out without thinking about them. And it was really a very frustrating thing. I mean, I know that it's probably difficult for you to think about this, but if you were a six-year-old or seven-year-old child and you were sitting at the dinner table and you blurted something out that was completely inappropriate and your parents looked at you and said, what in the world are you thinking? You say, well, I wasn't. It just sort of came out of my mouth. They don't understand that. That's not something that people had studied. That's not something that was diagnosed. It's not something that we medicated for. We simply punished the children and sent them back to wherever they needed to go to have a moment of solitary confinement, which in most cases was my bedroom. And I looked at the things that used to get me in trouble when I was a kid, like when I would be sitting in a chair and I'd be 
you know, bouncing my leg up and down and be told, stop moving your leg. And I would do it for like five seconds and then start it again. And then I would do the other leg and then I would twiddle my thumbs and fidget with my fingers and chew fingernails and all of that other stuff. And there was never a diagnosis for it. It's just that I was a difficult child or I was hyper or maybe I needed to not eat so much candy or whatever, you know, whatever the crazy excuses. But I noticed as I progressed through life that I also had other things that were bothering me. I had a very short temper. I had a lack of patience. I didn't understand how I could explain things and people couldn't understand them the way that I explained them. I found myself reading books and when I would read, I would read three or four sentences and then have to go back and read those same three or four sentences probably three or four times because I couldn't get through the passage without my mind going to a completely different place and I wouldn't remember what I had just read. I would be involved in conversations with people. I would be getting direction from my mother or my father on something I should do, like take out the trash. And I would be a hundred percent on board with doing it. And then I would go to the bathroom or go to my room to put my shoes on and completely forget what I was supposed to be doing. See, the thing is, I wasn't a normal kid. I wasn't a kid that should have been held to the same standards. And I don't view that as something that is an affliction. I view it as how I have been shaped into who I am today. I've learned to become more patient. I've done my best to try and not have a short fuse on my temper. And I set my work day up to cater to my affliction. And see, once that happened, once I got a diagnosis, once I knew what the issue was, I was given medication and quite honestly did not want it. I took it for a little while didn't like the way it made me feel. And quite honestly, I felt like I wasn't who I am. I felt like I had lost my edge. Now, to give you some insight into how my brain is wired, if you've ever heard me speak in public before, I tell the same thing every single time. If I were an air traffic controller and I show up at eight o'clock in the morning and you tell me that my job is to land 15 planes by five o'clock in the afternoon, and those were the only directions that I was given, then you can bet with absolute certainty that I was going to safely land five planes by five o'clock in the afternoon. But if I showed up at eight o'clock in the morning and you told me that I had to land one plane by five o'clock in the afternoon, you better pray to God you or your family is not on that plane. See, I just don't have the ability to focus. And you know, I get comments from people all the time, like, David, how in the world do you put out as much content as you do? David, how do you have your fingers in so many things between Florida Risk Partners and Killing Commercial and the Power Producers podcast and Carpool Closer and your speaking engagements and all of the different investment opportunities that you've taken a part of and subsequently gotten advisor roles cast upon you? How do you do all of this stuff? And the answer is honestly simple. I learned how to take my affliction and make it my superpower. See, once I had that diagnosis, once I knew that I wasn't just nuts, that this really is something that affects people and far more people than just me, I knew that I had to change how I operated and how I set my day up in order to get the most out of it. And so now I've got a ton of monitors across my desk. And quite honestly, when you look at me working, I operate like an old school typewriter. 
I start on my left and I work on that until I get sick of that or I start to lose my train of thought. And then I move over to the next thing and I move over to the next thing and I move over to the next thing and I move over to the next thing. And then I reset and I go all the way back over to the beginning. And that allows me to constantly stimulate my mind with something new, which keeps my attention. See, the insurance industry is one of the best things that's ever happened to me because I can go out and meet with different companies in the same day. I never get bored. I never lose a challenge. I never am sitting here thinking, what am I going to do next? I'm constantly having to dive deep into research and understanding of different industries, different types of construction, different problems with employees, whether it be from a workers' comp perspective or human resources. And because of that, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm a fish in water. I have so much stimuli coming at me on a regular basis that it keeps my mind occupied. It lets me work on things in little snippets so that I can work until I'm done and then move to the next thing and move to the next thing. And guess what? At the end of the day, all of my monitors are clean. Everything gets done. But I can't help but think there are people out there who have never gone and got that diagnosis. I have to believe there are people out there that are misunderstood at home, at work, at church, socially, because they're different, because they have the proclivity to interrupt you as soon as you start talking, because they're so impulsive, they can't wait to get something out of their mouth before they forget it. Guilty is charged. If you've ever had a conversation with me, depending on how much coffee I've had, there's a high likelihood I've interrupted you. I don't mean anything by it. It's an impulse I try and work on all the time, and I have a very, very difficult time controlling, especially in casual conversation. I think that I'm easily distracted. I can't tell you the number of times where I'll be in the middle of a sentence explaining something, and you've probably even heard it on this podcast before, and I just fizzle out, and I have no recollection of what I was going to say. And so I share this with you today because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I've accomplished more than I probably was ever expected to accomplish by those closest to me. The fact is, the reason that I share this with you today is because I feel like there are people out there who needed to hear this message. I feel like there are people out there who struggle with this and probably don't even realize that that is what is affecting them. I feel like there are people who are afraid, afraid to go to the doctor and hear, yeah, you you have an affliction. You have something going on and we can help you. We'll medicate you and we'll give you some coping mechanisms. And people don't want to hear that message, but I want you to know it's okay. I want you to know you can do this. I want you to know that no matter what that affliction is, if you focus on the positive, you can turn it into your superpower. See, I'm of the mindset that where there's great adversity, there's also always great opportunity. And I heard Troy Korsgaden speak one time about the reason he gets so much done is because he gets 36 hours worth of work out of a 24-hour day. I'm the same way. I can get so much done because while it looks like I'm operating like a jumbled mess, the reality of the matter is that I operate in organized chaos every single day of the week. So if you're somebody out there who's been struggling, if you're somebody out there who's not understood and don't feel like you're being heard, know this, 
know that I'm here and I'm willing to talk. I'm willing to take emails. I'm willing to spend time with you, talking you through some of the things that I've dealt with and some of the things that I've put in place to make sure that I don't get weighted down by something that could absolutely cripple my career if I allowed it to. And you shouldn't allow it to either. So take time to take care of yourself. Focus on yourself. Focus on your mind. Focus on your body. Focus on your spirit. Because if you can get those three things working in concert with each other, say that fast five times, you're going to be the best version of yourself you ever thought possible. As I look back over the course of my life and my career, when I performed the absolute best, it's when my mind was right because I was reading nonfiction books to make myself better, develop skill sets, gain knowledge, things I could talk about in sales conversations. My body was right, training for a marathon, resistance training, lifting weights, and my spiritual life was right. I'm involved in church. I'm doing my daily devotional. When all three of those things are being watered and fed, I have been unstoppable, and there's not an affliction on the face of the earth that would keep that from happening, and you're capable of it too. Make today the day you draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? Today's the day I worry about me. Today's the day I find out what I can do to make my life just a little bit easier. And I got to tell you, you know, I don't hold it against, you know, the people that didn't know, the people who didn't understand that I wasn't wired the same as them, the people who constantly told me how smart I was, but I'm never going to reach my potential because I just wasn't disciplined and I lacked effort. Couldn't be further from the truth. Anybody who knows me today knows I will work circles around most people. And they know that I'm dedicated to my family, to my friendships, and to my career in a way that few are dedicated. That's not by accident. That's conscious effort and activity and something that I had to draw a line in the sand on and decide was important enough for me to work on in my own life. I hope that you do the same if you're suffering out there and that you're able to reap you're able to reap the same positive rewards that I've been able to reap. And just know if you ever need to vent, you never need the advice, you can find me. I'm not hard to find. Hit me up on social, send me an email. If you're feeling lucky, Try giving me a call. I don't know that that's going to result in an answer. If it does, buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> but I wanted to get this off my shoulders because I think it's something that people need to hear. And the reason why I think that is because every time I speak, when I mention I don't use slides because I have ADHD, there's always a chuckle from the crowd. See, they think it's a joke. It's not. I don't use slides because I can't focus on what I'm saying while trying to stay on a slide at the same time. So if you ever hear somebody say, yo, yeah, I got ADHD. Yeah, I get it. Some people throw things around like that, like OCD and Tourette's if they have a foul mouth. These aren't things to joke about, people. These are things that people struggle with every single day. And if we continue to view it as a joke in society, they'll never be taken seriously and the population at large will be robbed 
of the creative genius of some of the brightest minds on this planet simply because they were viewed as rebellious, undisciplined, or disrespectful. If that's the case, let me be the majorette that's leading the band parade. I want to be up front swinging my baton, the drum major, not the majorette. Those people are the ones who twirl batons. I want to be the drum major. I want the whole band marching to the beat of my drum because I don't ever want to be focused, respectful, and lethargic if it means I can't be myself. You be you. We'll see you next time. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes